We are in a, the middle of a series called Change, uh, and uh, I personally have had a lot of fun thinking through this series because I love change. Uh, I like eating uh, different foods. I like changes of scenery. I like going to new places. Uh, I like, um, man, I like change. It's a lot of fun. In fact, I get to be a part of um, one of the big, the big changes that people experience in their life. Uh, in the next two weeks, I'm doing two weddings of people that came through uh, this, this group right here. It's going to be a ton of fun. Yeah, we can clap for that. Weddings, getting married. Um, and uh, so it's, it's just a celebration. So I'm super excited to be a part of that change. Uh, but uh, tonight uh, we're going to look at, uh, man, the other side of change, uh, when life happens to you and it, it's not so good. You guys have been there, yeah? Uh, and uh, last week we, we kicked off this series and, and I talked about this idea uh, from the scriptures that, uh, that ultimately what God wants to do is he wants to rede- redeem every change we experience. And so uh, we looked at this idea that, uh, that God is able to take the good, the bad, and ugly changes that you experience as students, as, as sons, daughters, uh, friends, and, and, uh, and he wants to, uh, to lead you somewhere good in them. And, uh, and so we looked at that. The, we have a podcast. You can check that out if you're interested. If not, don't worry about it. You don't need to know about last week uh, to understand what we're talking about tonight uh, when life happens to you. The moment, man, something goes wrong and you just didn't have any control over it. Now, uh, there's essentially three types of change that we all experience. And if you remember them from last week, you can just fill it in. But if not, here they are. These are the three types of change that every person will experience in their life. And and all change sort of fits into one of these categories, I think. Uh, But uh, man, there's the change that you choose. Uh, You choose, uh, man, your attitude. You choose choose the purpose that drives you. Uh, You choose your destination, so you say, uh, I, I want to go to lunch here, or I don't want to go to lunch at all, or like, these are the choices that we make. I chose this school because it offered these things. Uh, change that you choose, and then uh, there's the change that is chosen for you. Someone in your life has been given authority by either the, the government or an institution, uh, or uh, maybe your family uh, has, uh, your, your parents have chosen something for you, and, and people choose often, uh, the things that people choose for you often change your circumstances. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, somebody may uh, have, uh, you may have a teacher that chose to, to um, curve a test or not, right? And, and that affects you, your grade dramatically. Maybe you got an A as a result or not an A as a result. Uh, or uh, maybe a, a boss decided uh, to, to give you the job or not give you the job they choose for you. Uh, maybe a significant other decided you're not so significant anymore and chose to break up with you. Or maybe somebody chose to give you a call and ask you out after months of waiting, right? Like the, there's, there's change th- uh, that is chosen for you. And then the third one, and this is the one that I'd like to talk about tonight, is the change that happens to you. And it's the change that, that you don't often see coming, that, that nobody chose for you. So you, uh, a, a light changes on you, you get stuck at a red light, right? Or you get caught in a storm, or you catch a cold, uh, or uh, somebody you love gets in an accident, and, and your life has changed uh, forever. You guys with me? And, and so I'd like to talk about that, uh, that sort of a change. Now, before, uh, before, um, uh, we get too far. You might notice if you've been here uh, before, oftentimes we have a lot of fill-ins that we, we, we write in. No fill-ins tonight, uh, but there are points. So, man, as you hear them, you can write them down. And, uh, and if you don't like that, uh, thanks for bearing with me. Uh, but, uh, but tonight, man, we're going to unpack um, what, what got us to say about uh, the change that happens to you, when life happens to you, uh, looking at a story in Mark chapter 5. It's going to be on your outline. Uh, it'll also be on the screen. Uh, you can open a Bible too if you're interested. Now, I want to look at this first verse, and then I'm going to pray, and then we'll dive, uh, dive in head first. Sound good? 
All right, perfect. So the story starts out this way. It says, uh, when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake. So, so Jesus keeps like crossing this lake back and forth and back and forth. And he's, he's going from the Greek side of the lake to the Jewish side of the lake. And, and he gets to the other side of the lake and it says this, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. So picture this, right? Jesus, he steps off the boat, right? And as soon as he steps, steps off, he just gets surrounded. Like when, uh, um, like if I go into the bathroom while I'm watching my kids, as soon as I step out of the bathroom, they're like grabbing my legs. It's like that. You guys, you know that? You remember doing that as a kid maybe? And, uh, and so uh, they, they gather around him. He, he's not one foot on land. And, and this is the, the, the connotation that they've, they've surrounded him. This crowd has surrounded him. And, and here's something that, that I think is super interesting about Jesus. And, and, and it's this, is that, um, man, every story about Jesus has a crowd. Man, every story about Jesus has uh, a crowd. Even the stories that are about Jesus that are really private, uh, they're written down for a crowd to hear, right? Like we are the crowd sometimes, you guys with me? And every story about Jesus has a crowd. But the story is really never about uh, a crowd, right? It's about uh, Jesus and, and maybe a specific individual. And, and uh, tonight we're going to look at, man, two individuals who step out of the crowd. Now, uh, I, I would just make this observation about this crowd. Uh, it says throughout the Gospel of Mark that, that crowds surrounded Jesus because they, they wanted to see if he would man, heal them, if he would teach them. Uh, and, and here's just a principle that, man, I think is helpful to know is that, man, in every crowd there's a crisis, there's a problem, there's, there's a curiosity, uh, there's, there's a person looking for an answer. Are you with me? Like the, that, that people, they, they gather for a reason, and this crowd, they're gathering for a reason. They, they need Jesus' help. Uh, they, they have questions that have gone unanswered. They, they, they've had life happen to them. And, and uh, maybe life has happened to you this week or this year, uh, this season. And, uh, and, and the thing that I, the, the tension that I'd kind of like to step into tonight is, is this. Um, uh, because the reality is, is that you can, uh, you can either uh, stay in the crowd or step out of it. Like you can stay in the crowd or, or you can uh, put your problem in the path of God's grace. And, and in the story, we get to see sort of what that looks like and how we can do that, how we can step out of the crowd and experience uh, the Lord Jesus helping us where we're at. Are you, you guys up for that? Uh, so let me pray and then we'll look at, man, how that, that comes about. Um, Father God, thanks for these people. Uh, God, thank you uh, that, man, you have grace to give us. God, that you want to help us. God, that, that you want to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. Uh, God, that you call us to, to something greater than we're walking in now. And in this time tonight, God, I pray that you would produce a new faith in us. God, that you would give us encouragement where we're struggling to believe. God, that you'd help us to walk confidently in the things that you've given us to do in our studies, in our jobs, in our family relationships, in our friendships. God, would, man, would you speak to the hearts of each individual in this room, myself included. We pray this in Jesus' name. Every said. Amen. Amen. Now the, uh, the story goes from a crowd surrounding Jesus at, at a lake uh, to um, uh, a dude named uh, Jairus. And I keep, I keep wanting to call him J Jarius, but it's Jairus, right? So if I mispronounce his name, I apologize. But it says this uh, in, in uh, verse 22. It says, then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, and he pleaded earnestly with him. He said, my little daughter is dying. 
please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with them, and a large crowd followed and pressed around them. Now we'll hang on that slide for a minute. So, so just, just picture this, right? We got this guy uh, in the crowd, and he steps out of the crowd and somehow finds himself in the spotlight. Everybody all of a sudden knows his problem. He, he falls down on his knees in front of Jesus. And, and, uh, and, and we, we see uh, Jairus, and, we, and, and uh, when I read the story, I'm like, well, maybe like, if I want Jesus to come with me, if I want him to come with me to address the problem that I have, if I, if I want him to come with me into the change that's uncomfortable, if I want him to come with me uh, into the thing that has happened uh, that I'm not super excited about, maybe I should just be like Jairus, right? Uh, what would Jairus do, right? Uh, WWJD, right? Uh, but maybe I should be like, but, but so let, let's, let's just look at what he does, right? So uh, his, uh, his problem is urgent. He says, my daughter is dying. She's on death's doorstep. If you don't come, she is going to die, right? It, it's a, an urgent problem. Uh, and, and not only is this problem urgent, uh, his position is in danger because uh, it says he's a synagogue leader, which means he's the, the head of the church. He's probably the most important person in this Jewish community. You see all, uh, all of life sort of flowed through the church. It's, it, it was different there than it is here, right? Uh, and, and so, um, and here's the thing is that Man, uh, the, the synagogue leaders like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were the people that were the most anti-Jesus, right? In fact, these, these are the guys that, uh, um, that uh, pay, pay Judas uh, to betray Jesus, uh, ultimately leading him to die on a cross. In fact, the, these church leaders are the ones who uh, were at the center, like the epicenter uh, of the persecution of the earliest Christians, right? So they, they're, uh, they're having Christians stoned, imprisoned, uh, murdered, like murdered, right? And so th- he's like the most anti-Jesus you can be. He's the person you would least expect to be here. And, and, and by uh, coming to Jesus and falling down on on his knees, he's risking uh, losing his reputation, his influence, and his career. Can you imagine? But he's like, well, it doesn't really matter because my daughter's more important than all of these things. Well, for you, what's the most important thing to you? Like, what, what would cause you to fall on your knees before the Lord Jesus, right? And, and, and he, so he falls on his knees. Now, also, his problem is not his own, right? Like, a lot of times we bring our own problems to the Lord. We're like, God, solve, solve this problem that I have. Solve this thing that has happened to me. Man, would you come with me into this painful situation? Uh, and and uh, if we're doing the WWJD, what would Jairus do, right? Like, then our problems don't ever get solved because he's not solving his problem. He's, he's coming on behalf of the person he loves the most, right? Are you guys with me? And, and, and so it, it's like, man, I don't know if I can do this. And, and then here's, here's the last little bit. It's, it's interesting, right? It says that he fell on his knees and he was earnest. He earnestly, he earnestly requested that Jesus would come, right? And, and, and there's this sort of sense in which, man, maybe I just need to, like, want it more. You ever, ever feel that way? Like, maybe, like, God's not doing more in my life because like, I just don't want it enough. Like, if I wanted it more, then he would, like, answer my Prayer. I remember uh, when I was uh, 13, a family friend had his appendix burst, which is a pretty bad thing. I didn't really know how bad it was, but I, I spent like, I don't know, 15, 30 seconds praying for him, right? Because that's, you know, uh, what a 13-year-old does. I'll pray, yeah. <laughs> right? So I do my prayer, right? And uh, six hours later, he had died. And you know how bad I felt? I was like, maybe I just didn't want it enough. 
But, but here's the thing. We know that, that uh, it's not that he wanted it more than the other people. In fact, you, you see this last verse, it says a large crowd followed and pressed around him. This word pressed is the same word that you would, uh, you would use uh, with a grape and a wine press. So you, know, you picture like a, a grape being squished by a foot, like a boot. Because it's like kind of, you, you ever see those slow-mo videos? Like you just picture the, te- the, the stress and the tension on the grape. He's like, it's like, uh, and, and he's saying, uh, the, uh, J- Jairus, he, he pleads with Jesus. Jesus decides to go with him. And then the crowd's like, no, 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 my problem's more urgent. My, my problem's more important. They start to, to press in on him and Jairus like a grape being squished. Right? You guys ever been in a crowd, like a crowded, and you just can't like move forward? Like, that's that's the picture. Like there's there's people they have urgent problems. Urgent. Can you imagine how awful it would be to say uh, my problem is more important than your daughter's life? Like that's how serious these people were. And so, man, we see that that it's not the urgency that he brings. Uh, and, and and so maybe it's like oh maybe I need to like give up more for Jesus. To, to answer my prayers. Maybe I, I need to, to, to give up, uh, you know, a relationship or, or fi- my, my finances. Maybe I'm not giving enough to the church. And we think, well, maybe if I give more, then, then, then I'll be in, in Jesus' path and I'll have to do something, right? Uh, but this isn't the case. And we, we learn this when we look at the next person. There's, there's these two people, right, who one steps out of the crowd and one walks through it. But, but at, at, at this point, their, their paths intersect. Can we, can we move on? So this next, next, check it out. It says this. Uh, a, a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. That's a pretty like, like this isn't a PG Bible story. What he's saying is that uh, she's had a, repro- a reproductive issue, right? Her, her menstrual cycle, it, it, she hasn't stopped bleeding in 12 years. Can you imagine the pain and the exhaustion and the embarrassment? Like in first century medicine, I, this is just, it's in the Bible, right? It's, it's crazy. But to understand the story, you have to know this detail. And, and so you see, there's this woman who was there. She's been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Can you imagine that, right? And, and it's, it's even worse because, man, if you, if you got cut in this culture, you're bleeding from your arm, uh, you were considered unclean, which means uh, you can't go to church. Uh, you can't interact with people because if you bump into somebody and you've been bleeding, then they're unclean. And, and, and you've wasted an entire day of your neighbor's life, right? In fact, if she was walking through a crowd and somebody bumped into her, uh, she'd, have to, she'd have to tell them, uh, you're unclean now. Can you imagine like how isolated she's been for 12 years, how lonely she's been for 12 years, how, how, uh, how much she's been shamed for 12 years. And, and this woman, she's, she's there, and she's been subject to bleeding for 12 years. And then it says this, uh, she, had, she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. So she's sick for 12 years, and when, you, when, you, when life happens to you, right, what do you look for? You look for a solution, do you not? So she's been looking for solution, doctor after doctor after doctor, and, and it's basically bankrupt her, and, and, and not just bankrupt uh, her bank account, but it's made her, her, her health just diminish and deteriorate. Okay, can you imagine, right, this is like, real, like this has been a long-standing problem, and, and and so, uh, and one of the things I really like about her is like, she's been disappointed by people who should know the problem and be able to fix the problem, and yet she still has this expectation that if she gets in the path of Jesus, that, that she'll get better. But, but check this out. Her problem is not urgent, right? Like, she could probably wait a few hours. Like, this girl, this, this dad's girl, daughter, <laughs> this dad's daughter is about to 
die, right? Like, hey, wait, just, lady, just wait until we get to the daughter, and, and then you can, like, see Jesus. Like, right? It's not an urgent problem. Uh, and uh, it's a painful problem. And her problem is deeply personal, right? It's about her, not about anybody else. And yet this is what it says happened. Check this out. The next verse says, uh, when she heard about Jesus, when, when she heard he was there, and, and this is really weird, right? It says, she came up behind him in the crowd, touched his cloak, because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Now contrast that with uh, Jairus. Jairus, he falls down in the middle of the crowd and cries out. His, his uh, display is completely public, completely open. Uh, and so, uh, man, uh, your, uh, uh, your pursuit of Jesus, putting yourself in the path of God's grace, uh, it doesn't need to be public it, it, because hers isn't public at all, right? In fact, she sneak attacks him, right? Like, she's like, have you ever had anybody sneak up behind you? And, and like, it's, it's uncomfortable. I, uh, it's just a weird story, but uh, it's just the best example I can think of. So in high school, I had an afro, real big, really a white guy fro, and uh, it, was, it was weird, right? But people like to touch it. Usually people would ask me, like, hey, can I touch your hair? Uh, I guess if you want. Like, but uh, there's this one time I was at a, a coffee shop in Pismo, California, and uh, it's crowded, lots of people around, and this old lady, like walks up behind me and I, I didn't notice her but but all of a sudden I feel somebody like reach up into my hair and just start like touching it and she's like looking up right because she's short and I like turn around oh dear like it's it was so uncomfortable right like she that's what she does to Jesus she sneak attacks him she's like she gotta get his tassel right like in in uh, Matthew tells the story she says she she grabbed his tassel right don't grab a man's tassel right you don't do it but she she grabs the tassel and and and, and, and she does it because what? Check this out. It says, because she thought if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. You guys know what I mean? I will be healed. This is the only parallel between the two. They're, they're completely different. One's public and open. One's secret and sneaky. Uh, one is wealthy and has a high reputation, has to lower himself. Uh, the other has already been publicly shamed uh, to no end for 12 years, right? Uh, one has a ton of money. The other doesn't. And, 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 yet, and so, man, we see that, uh, th- that your status, that how, how worthy you are in the eyes of, of culture, have nothing to do with, with what Jesus wants to do in your life. It has nothing to do with, with the grace that God wants to give you. The only similarity is this. They both use this phrase, I will be. I will be. You see, deep in their bones, they had this conviction. Uh, they believed that, that whatever comes in contact with Jesus, whatever Jesus touches, uh, comes alive. That was, their, that was their, their shared conviction. Jesus, if you just come and put your hands on my daughter, I know everything will be Okay. And the woman, right, vice versa, her method's completely different. She's not going to invite Jesus to uh, touch her because she's afraid, hey, if I tell him what my problem is, he won't want to. And so she, she goes sneak attack route, right? And she says, I'm just going to sneak up on him, grab his tassel, and, and I'll be healed, right? And so your method uh, of addressing life happening to you is not the essential. It has more to do with the conviction what do you believe? And they both believe something so simple. I believe that whatever Jesus touches comes alive. Now, it's, a, it's an interesting thing, right? Because Jesus' response 
It, it's weird. It's, it's a strange response. It says this, immediately her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. So she touches the tassel, and immediately the, the thing that she's been struggling with physically is over. She's been dealing with this for 12 years, and suddenly she feels good. Can you imagine? Like, and, and, and probably you can, because there's probably something in your life that you've been dealing with for a while, right? And you're like, like when is somebody going to help me solve this? problem. Like, man, when is this pain going to go away? (laughs) Like, when am I going to figure out where I'm supposed to go now? I've just been stuck here for so long. And then, man, her her not-so-urgent problem finds an immediate solution, right? Completely cured. And then, and this is the response of Jesus. It's so interesting. It says, at once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. And he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? And just picture it, right? Like, there's people, like, all around. They're pressing him like a grape. And, and this, you know, the guy on his right, he's like, it's me. I touched you. Right? He's like, no, not you, right? Like, the guy on the left, he's like, I, I touched your clothes. And, no, not you, right? Like, you got all these people, like, it was, he's just looking around. And he's looking for someone specific, right? In other words, there's a difference between reaching out to Jesus and having faith that he has something to give you. Are you guys with me? And, and so Jesus is like, no, 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 no. Somebody's different. They're not just reaching out. Man, they're reaching out in faith. And, and, and this, is, uh, this is what it says. It, it, the, the disciples, they say, uh, you see the people crying against you? His disciples don't understand. It says, uh, his disciples answered, and, and yet you ask, who touched you? And, and Jesus, he just keeps looking. He just keeps looking. And then, and then the woman's like, ah, He's talking about me. I know it because I feel good, right? Like she says, uh, then the woman knowing, this is my favorite line of the whole story, right? It says, then the woman knowing what had happened to her. We just pause there for a minute. (laughs) I mean, when life happens to you, man, you can either stay in the crowd and uh, uh, wait for a solution uh, or, or you can step out. You can step through and into the path of God's grace and have, man, something happen to you uh, that, that God intended. Uh, you can have God help you in, in, in the thing that's happened to you. He says, the woman said, knowing what had happened to her, and then she says this, she came and fell at his feet and, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. And uh, I love this. This is so cool. It says, and, and this is the answer. This is, if you're like, well, like, how do I do it? Like, uh, uh, WWJD doesn't seem to be the solution. I don't really want to sneak attack. Jesus, like, not my thing, right? Uh, so, so Jesus, he's like, here's, man, here's what did it. Uh, here's how you move from the crowd in, into the path of God's grace. And he says this. He says, uh, daughter, your faith has healed you. Daughter, your what? Your faith has healed you. Again, right? Daughter, your faith has healed you. So it wasn't the urgency. Uh, It wasn't the method. Uh, It it wasn't the desperation. Uh, It wasn't the pain. It was what? It was her faith. It was her faith that healed her. And he says, go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Man, if you, if you take anything away from tonight, this is the thing to take away. It is faith puts you in the path of God's grace. Faith puts you in the path of God's grace. It, it allows you to receive what he's always wanted to give to you. 
It's faith that, that causes you to step out of the crowd and into his presence. And, and without faith, man, it's impossible. Man, it's impossible to receive from him. And, and, and the woman, man, she's, she's, she's uh, lived by faith and, and she stepped into his power, right? Like uh, all of a sudden, the problem that she couldn't solve, he has solved. All of a sudden, the thing that she couldn't change, he has changed. What, what is it for you, right? Like, what is the thing in your life that you've, you've always really wanted to change that hasn't? What is the thing? Uh, because, man, if you want to experience God's help, his love, his direction in that thing, man, it requires faith. Now, uh, it's, sometimes I think we get confused about what faith is, and, and we see a picture of what the Bible describes faith to be. You guys maybe have heard the verse before in Hebrews 11.1. 1, it says, uh, faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. Let me say it again because it's sort of wordy, right? It says, faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. Now, what is the thing that this woman hoped for? And she hoped that she would be healed, right? And she hoped that she would be healed. She was sure that Jesus would heal her if only she could grab the tassel, right? Like, it's really weird, a really weird conclusion to draw, but it worked for her, right? And even though she hadn't seen the change yet, she believed that it would happen if only she could encounter the power of God. It's faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. And, and, and they both had this, this deep conviction that what Jesus touches comes to life. Now, uh, what does it mean to hope for something? Uh, and, and I'll just uh, touch this quickly, but because uh, it's, not, it's not wishful thinking. It's not, well, I hope I win the lottery, right? Like that's not what, uh, what faith is. Faith instead is, is believing and trusting uh, that God will do what he said he's going to do that God will be who he said he is, that God will follow through uh, to do in your life what he promised he would do in your life. And so, man, this is why we, we, we talk about, man, reading God's word uh, on the daily. It's because, man, that's where we get to hear God's promises to us, right, which is, uh, it, it's, it's really hard to have faith without knowing what God has said about you and to you and what he said he's, he'll do for you. Are you guys with me? And so it's so important for us to, uh, to, to meditate on God's word and, and take it to heart because until we know it, man, we can't believe it. And, and this woman, she didn't know a lot, but she did know this, that, that Jesus was a guy that healed uh, anybody he touched, right? She had seen him do it time and time again. And, and nobody that he touched with the intent of healing uh, went unhealed. You don't need to know a lot. You just need to know who he is. And one thing that he's said and, and, and then that's, that's where a transformation begins. That's how we put ourselves in the path of God's grace, man, and, and, and specifically in the path of God's power. But here's, man, here's my favorite part of this verse. Check this out. Is, is that when we live by faith, it also puts us in the path uh, of God's affection. And, and God's love for us is, is really just an, another uh, avenue of his grace. The first word he, he says to her is not, you're healed, right? What is it? What's the first word he says to her? Daughter. Daughter. Now, just to put it back in context, right? She's, she's sneak attacking Jesus, pushing through a crowd, densely packed, uh, pressing like a grape, right? And, and she's pushing her way through. She's not supposed to touch people, right? So she's pushing her way through. And she's like, you're unclean. You're, you're unclean. 
you're unclean, right? Like, can you imagine? And they're like, woman, you ruined everything, right? Like, can you imagine the, the, the cursing that, that she's receiving? If somebody cuts me in, I'm in line, I'm like, I'm going to kill that guy, right? Like, and, and I'm just like trying to get a burrito. And, and like, they're trying to get to Jesus, the son of God. And, and so they've got all these people cursing her under their breath. I mean, it's, it's hard to imagine them not doing it, right? Because nobody likes to be pushed out of the way and then uh, uh, told that they have to go stay in their house for 24 hours, like hermit style, right? And, and so, man, uh, everybody else is like, you're not worth, you're not worth anything. Get out of here. Wait your turn. Go stand in the back where, you're, where you belong. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. Like, daughter, daughter, do you hear the affection? Like, do you hear the love and the care? This is, man, this is what happens when we live by faith. We hear God speak, man, his affection over us. Man, and if you come to church and you feel, you feel guilty and you feel bad, you're, you're, you're not hearing from the Spirit of God because, man, the Spirit of God speaks to us as sons and daughters when we live by what? Faith. Now, now ladies, uh, the world will tell you that you're only worth what you look like, that you're only worth a certain wage, right? Uh, that that you, you're, you're, you're only worth this or that. And, and can I tell you that, man, where, where people will lie to you about your worth and maybe where you tell yourself, man, I'm not worth anything. I got rejected again. Uh, the Lord Jesus, what he, he wants to say to you in, his, in the most gracious way possible is, daughter, you're worth my attention. You're worth my affection. And fellows, just because it's a lady doesn't mean it's not true of you, right? Like he wants to tell you that you're worth while, that you're not just worth your accomplishments, that you're not just worthwhile when you have victory, but, but that you're, you're a son, right? Like you hear the love and the affection. This is what happens when we step into the, the path of God's grace by faith. Man, you're, you're worth something to him. You matter. Now, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll knock out the last bit of the story, and it's so, so cool. Check this out. It says this. While Jesus was still speaking, uh, some people come from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, and they say this, your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? Picture this, right? Like, they're within eyesight of the house, and people have been in, impeding their progress f- for what feels like days, right? And, and then all of a sudden, uh, this woman gets healed, uh, this woman gets loved, and, and he gets the news just yards away. Your daughter is dead. Is that not disheartening? Is that, can you imagine? Like, put yourself in, in his shoes. He's like, you, you said you would come. Like, you said you were going to, you said you were going to, you didn't get there. You didn't make it in time. And, and, and here's the thing is, uh, man, sometimes our faith, it waxes and wanes. Sometimes doubt begins to crowd in the spot where we, we believed wholeheartedly with, with full conviction that, that what Jesus touches comes alive, right? Sometimes we, we struggle to believe because it's taken longer than we expected, right? Like we, we had an urgent problem and, and it didn't get solved before the consequence hit you. It, it didn't get resolved before uh, the deadline uh, arrived and all of a sudden uh, the relationship, uh, the financial stability, uh, your, uh, your um, 
uh, depression, whatever it might be, it's crippled you and it feels like there's no coming back from that. This is where Jairus is. And and, and here's the deal. Man, even faith that's been, uh, been worn, even, even faith that's been, been crushed a little bit uh, still puts you in the path of God's grace. In fact, uh, I would say that, uh, that faith has a way of putting us in the path of God's peace when doubts are overshadowing and darkness is closing in on our spirits. Because check this out. He goes and he's, he's growing in hope the closer they get. Maybe we're going to make it. Maybe Jesus is going to do it. He's going to do it. If he just touches her, then she'll be better. And then they come and he says, she's dead. And then Jesus says this. Check it out. He says, overhearing what they said. He's just like eavesdropping, right? Like, overhearing what they said, he told them, don't be afraid. Just what? Believe. Another word for faith. Just believe. And he did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John the brother of Jesus. You see, Jesus, uh, he has this way of, uh, of preparing us for what we're going to walk into. And, and, and here's the deal. Man, when life happens to you, there, uh, uh, there's very rarely an explanation. Like God doesn't uh, spend all day giving us reasons for the thing that have happened to us, uh, but God does reassure us. Man, we're looking for reasons, and, and what God wants to give you is reassurance. He says, hey, hey, I'm still here. Don't be afraid believe me, trust me, know that I'm, I'm coming. And what I, what I touch does come alive. You, you guys, you feel the tension? He says, listen, I, I'm going to give you peace. Um, I had this, uh, this moment a few months ago, and uh, I have two daughters, twin daughters, and uh, they're um, a year and a half old, and I, I was like um, half asleep, uh, then asleep, and then having a terrible dream, right? Uh, I dreamed that they had died, first dream of the, the, that nature. Uh, pretty, pretty startling, right? And I woke up, and I was, like, uh, pretty sad. Like, oh, that's, man, I, if that happens, like, I, it's going to be, like, I'm just, like, get a little, like, I don't, I'm not a big crier, but the little, like, like, corner tears, right? And I'm, like, just laying there, like, it's not real. Right? I'm praying, and, uh, and, and I had this moment, like, uh, where, where I'm reminded of this verse. Uh, God has given me everything, uh, for, uh, everything I need to live a life of godliness. Uh, and then I'm reminded, man, God says, man, be content in all things. And, th- and then I think, man, Jesus is enough. This promise that, that we find in Scripture that Jesus is enough, that, that he'll comfort us in our sorrow. And, and it was this amazing thing. I just... Uh, I remember feeling uh, at the same time sad and completely confident that if something did happen, it would be okay. Isn't that it's so weird? It was such a weird uh, way to be met by the Lord uh, in, in just sort of a hypothetical scenario. But I think that's a little bit of what he's doing for Jairus. He's like, hey, listen, like, I'm still here. I'm still with you. Don't be afraid. It's going to be all right. Trust me. And, and then this happens. It says, this, when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. Well, why is that there? The, the, he's basically saying uh, in the first century, uh, they would hire professional mourners. So when someone really died, they would hire uh, basically a, a parade or uh, a, yeah, a parade of people to sing sad songs of mourning. Uh, I don't, it's weird to me, but that, so when, when you saw a parade of uh, dirge singers, uh, you knew that someone actually was dead and had been dead for 
quite some time. And so uh, as they see this picture, uh, you can imagine him thinking, it's not going to be all right. She's gone, right? But, but faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see, right? And, and so when he says, hey, believe, have faith, and then, then it says this. Uh, it says, he, he went in and said to them, uh, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. <laughs> and all the people laughed at him. But, but after he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him, and he, he went in where their child was, and he took her by the hand and said to her, Talith kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. And, and here's, the, here's the, check this word, check this word out. It says, immediately. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was only 12 years old, and th- at this they were completely astonished. Uh, the dad had an urgent problem that Jesus was late to solve. Uh, but he had an immediate solution, man, when Jesus got there. Isn't that amazing? And, and, and here's, here's the point. Uh, when, uh, when life happens to you, uh, when, when you're going, something that you can't, going through something that you can't explain and that you can't change, uh, you can either uh, stay in the crowd and, and hope someone solves the problem for you, uh, you, can, you can hope that, that someone pays attention to you. You, you, can, you can hope that someone gives you what you really need. Uh, or, man, you, you can step through it. Uh, you, you can step out of it. And, and, and you can put yourself in the path of God's grace. And it requires uh, no special effort of you. It, spells, it requires no special method of you. It requires... Uh, no uh, desperation from you. But what it requires is faith. To believe uh, what God has said of you and about you is true. It, that's it. That's, it puts you in a path where you can receive from him. What is it? Like, what is it? What is it that you need to receive from him? Are you living by faith in the waiting? Like, Maybe you've never, maybe you're like the woman, right? You, you just have never uh, decided to take a step of faith. Like you, you just have never done it. You've never even thought to believe, to take God at his word, to think, yeah, he'll do it. He'll do it if I get close to him. Like he'll do it if I draw near. He'll do it. Like what would it look like for you to do that today in the thing that you're dealing with and the life that's happened to you? Now, maybe you've, uh, you've, kind of been in something for a while, right? And, and you've been kind of walking uh, along and waiting for Jesus to do what he said he's going to do, but he hasn't done it. You know he's there, but you're like, come on, when are you going to do it? What would it look like to continue to believe that, that it's not too late, that what Jesus touches does come alive, and, and that, that Jesus' timeline is not limited uh, by our earthly circumstances? What would it look like? And, and here's the deal. Man, what could we as a church experience? Like, what could we as a church um, offer to people if we, we stepped into these moments where life happens with faith? Like, like what would it look like if, if not just the, the stray moment was a moment of faith for us, but, but every moment was anchored by what God has said to us, said about us, done for us on the cross? Like, could you imagine, man, how much we could experience God? God's grace pouring out on our life because the reality is, is that he, he wants to do for every person in the crowd what he does for the woman and for Jairus. And, and, and it's not that God is withholding, it's that we struggle to believe in. And we let, we let what people say define our steps instead of what he says. And, and, and so 
man, as, as we close in the time of worship and prayer, man, what is it for you? Like, what does it look like for you to do that tonight? Uh, to step out in faith into the path uh, of God's grace. Uh, let me pray for you, and then uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up. Father God, for those who have come tonight, and they just never even thought uh, of what it meant to, to live by faith in the midst of a hard thing. God, I pray that you would speak to their situation. Man, what does it look like uh, to believe you, to trust you, to live by faith through it? God, uh, and, and for those who uh, have been walking with you for a while and, and beginning to doubt that you're going to change the thing that, man, has been hard and painful uh, and, and troubling, God, I pray that you would give them confidence in your presence. That, would give, that you would um, and give them a confidence that, that's sure that you'll do what you said and you're going to do. Uh, and, and God, that what, what they see uh, to the contrary uh, wouldn't hang them up. Uh, Father God, would you bless them with the faith to receive your grace uh, in your timing. Uh, God, that we might be people of life and love and joy uh, for those who do, do not yet know you, who haven't stepped out of the crowd. Uh, help us to be people who step out of the crowd and into your presence. God, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.